Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins. A little bit of a different format this week as we are releasing the podcast on Thursday in advance of the IHSAA High School Football Sectionals. It's going to be a fun postseason of football across the state of Indiana. Very excited to get into that. Um, So what we did this week is on Tuesday, we released the All3C Media Team on YouTube. Um, So I wanted to kind of let you guys know in advance of that, if you've already seen the All3C Media Team on YouTube, um, go ahead and skip ahead to about the 30-minute mark, um, and that's where our sectional preview will begin. Um, if you've already heard uh, that other piece of content. But if you haven't, go ahead and lock in. We've got a lot of high school football to talk about. The All-3C Media team are best players from the first the first season. I mean, we're now getting on to the second season of football. So through the, the nine games of the regular season, who is the best? We're going to cover that as well as break down every single sectional in the state as the postseason gets ready to begin, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and get into it. Today, we're going to talk about our all 3C media team through the regular season. If you've been with us uh, through the course of the high school football season this year, um, you know that about five games through the year, we did an all 3C media team compiling the best athletes at each position uh, through the first half of the year. And so I think it would be cool to do it throughout the course of the year. So we did it at the halfway point. We're doing it at the end of the regular season. And then we'll convene at the end of the year uh, to give our all 3C media team for the 2022 uh, season. Um, and so the regular season is behind us. Uh, seems hard to believe uh, that we are through nine weeks of high school football and we've got what is it, you know, now about six more to go as we get closer and closer uh, to championship weekend uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited uh, to bring that run uh, to the championship uh, to you guys. Um, now, if you did not catch our show uh, back or, our, or, or the video back uh, at the midpoint of the season, this is how it works. We're going to give our offense uh, which or get, I'm going to give my offense, which is the quarterback running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, and we'll give a, a uh, award out to uh, an offensive line as a unit. Uh, then defensively, we'll give it to a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, a safety, and then on the kicking side of things, we'll give it to a kicker and a returner. So that is how um, it is going to work uh, for the all 3C media team uh, through the regular season. Um, and, or, and so let's go ahead and get right into it here. Um, so offensive wise, we'll start at the quarterback position uh, through the first half of the year. Uh, it was Lutheran quarterback Jackson Willis at the half point of the season. He was completing 71% of his passes for 1600 yards and 21 touchdowns, just two interceptions. And through the end of the regular season, my quarterback for the all three C media team is still Jackson Willis, Lutheran quarterback, the sophomore. Um, he is completing still 67% of his passes uh, for 2,330 yards, 30 touchdowns, just three picks. Now, granted, on Max Preps, when uh, this has when this was recorded, uh, he it only eight games have been logged on Max Preps, so it's it's likely higher, at least from the touchdown and um, yardage perspective. So, I mean, the the best passer in the state in terms of yardage, uh, he's got 30 touchdowns, just three interceptions. He's done so many great things with the ball. He leads the state in yardage and touchdown passes. He's got five games of 300-plus yards. He's thrown for three or more touchdowns in seven of eight games. So again, logged on max preps. Um, and his last two games leading up to the final week of the regular season, he had eight touchdowns and no interceptions. That against 3A Monrovia and Speedway, which Speedway is a team uh, that you'll hear later on this week, I think could potentially be a dark horse in their sectional. He did have six touchdowns uh, earlier in the season against Cascade. I mean, Jackson Willis has done all kinds of great things with the football. And I mean, when you're talking about a an all-state team, and you're talking about, I mean, obviously a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of organizations, a lot of publications uh, split it up into big school and small school. And I think this is one of those situations where Jackson Willis has been so good. I, I, I would I would feel comfortable plugging him into any level uh, at the state because, I mean, he 
it's one thing to just have impressive numbers. The fact that he's taking care of the football so well, he's plays at Lutheran who does play above their class quite a bit. I mean, he is a quarterback that has just excelled. You still have to go out and play the opponents. You still have to go out and perform well. If it were that easy to do, you'd see every one, a quarterback at 20 to 30 touchdowns. And you just don't see that. Uh, Jackson Willis has been so good all year. You wondered how this offense for Lutheran was going to look after their state title run last year, and they have just picked up right where they left off with Jackson Willis. So he is our uh, quarterback. I mean, that offense is second in the state, averaging 50 points per game. They're the number one team in 1A, um, and why not have the quarterback that leads it as our all-3C media quarterback through the regular season? Running back was a very tough position to evaluate. Um, through the first half of the year, it was Ron Colley running back Luke Hansen, uh, who at the time was the uh, was the leader in rushing yards with 1,319 uh, for the state. He had 134 carries, 16 touchdowns, eight yards per carry. He ended up not winning the rushing title, uh, oddly enough. I mean, you've got Robert Lamar, who had an insane 400-plus yard, seven-touchdown game uh, in Week 9, which gave him the rushing title. He is your Week 9 3C Media Player of the Week. Just an insane performance. He doubled uh, what was his season average in terms of yards per game. He was steadily between 200 and 300 yards each week. You know, I've heard clamoring on the channel for Kyle Turnichick. Uh, Taranchik, uh, sorry, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, in his 35 touchdowns, Liam Farmer from Cascade has a couple more touchdowns and a better yards per carry. So, I mean, there were a lot of run this, the running back position is tightly contested. And, and though it is, it was Luke Hansen through the first half, and I'm still going with Luke Hansen through the end of the regular season. I can see the running back race being different at the end of the season and being decided by the sectional and state championship run because there are so many great running backs that you could give this accolade to. Uh, like I said, I am still going with uh, Ron Colley running back Luke Hansen. The senior at the end of the regular season has uh, 2,237 rushing yards on 301 carries. He's one of only two joining Robert Lamar as far as uh, running backs over uh, 2,000 yards in the state. He's got 25 touchdowns, just two fumbles, uh, two receiving touchdowns as well. He averages 7.4 yards per carry. He has three games of 300-plus yards, seven games of 200-plus yards. Um, he was uh, just two games. Uh, held under 200 yards. His season low was this past weekend against uh, East Central, which that did allow Robert Lamar from Clarksville to pass him for the rushing title. He had five touchdowns in the opener, four games of four touchdowns or more, uh, seven games of two-plus touchdowns. So I know that there are a lot of running backs who are deserving of this accolade. There have been a lot of good rushing performances in the uh, 2022 season. I still want to go with Luke Hansen for now. Uh, he is one of the two running backs above 2000 yards. As I mentioned, Ron Colley is number two in four a, and I'm not ready to move off of him as of yet. Now, if Ron Colley has an early exit, let's say Clarksville has a little bit of a run. Let's say Cascade has a little bit of a run and it's on the shoulders of Liam Farmer on the shoulders of Robert Lamar. Then I might be more inclined to potentially make that leap. Uh, but Luke Hansen so far is my RB one uh, through the end of the regular season. Moving on to the wide receiver position uh, through the first half of the year. It was Calumet wide receiver Terrell Caldwell and Lutheran wide receiver Micah McKay. Um, at the end of the regular season, at the time of recording this, uh, there are four wide receivers over 1,000 yards receiving in the state. Terrell Caldwell is one of them. Uh, the other three are Brad Schultz from Triton Central, Mylon Graham from New Haven, and Columbus North's Cooper Horn. Now, Mylon Graham did not lead in any of those, did not lead any of those four statistically. Uh, so he's out. So he did not lead any of those other uh, four, other three receivers statistically in any category. So I did not pick him. So it was between those three. It was between uh, Terrell Caldwell, uh, Brad Schultz, and Cooper Horn. And who I'm going with for my wide receiver one is uh, Brad Schultz from Triton Central. He's a senior. Uh, it was really close uh, with uh, him and Terrell Caldwell through the first half of the season. 
uh, but I just wanted to see a little bit more out of him, and he has delivered. I mean, he leads the state in receiving yards with 1,227, 20 yards per catch, 136 yards per game. He has two 200-plus yards yard games, seven 100-plus yard games, uh, 14 touchdowns, uh, three games with three touchdowns. Um, he has his most reception. He has the most, uh, receptions of anyone over a thousand yards in the state. So, I mean, you know, he's just had, like I said, two, 200 plus yard games, seven, hundred plus yards game, 14 touchdowns, three games, with three touchdowns or more. I mean, you look at those stats and they're just incredible, um, that he's just been so consistent, so productive on the offensive side of the football, uh, in the receiving position, uh, you know, Triton Central is a top 10 team in 2A, and is, and the offense is rolling. They're a top 50 team in the state in terms of points per game. So Brad Schultz uh, just put together one of the most complete seasons at the wide receiver position. Now, as far as my wide receiver, too, I am going to go with Columbus North wide receiver Cooper Horn. He is also a senior. He had 58 catches, 1,212 yards, uh, 17 touchdowns on the season, so narrowly missed the receiving yards title for the year. Uh, second in the state in receiving, most touchdowns among receivers, over 1,000 yards. Um 135 yards per game, 21 yards per catch, two 200-plus yard games, six games of of 100-plus yards, um, and he had five games of two touchdowns or more, um, including a four-touchdown effort versus Southport. Um, Columbus North has not had the greatest of seasons, but Horn has been a bright spot. Now, I do want to note that it was close between him and Terrell Caldwell, but Caldwell's numbers have dipped a bit in the second half in terms of consistency, although even with that dip, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the state. So he's right there, um, I, and I can see Calumet potentially going deeper uh, in the state tournament than Columbus North. Uh, so if that's the case, I can see if, if Caldwell has some big games, I can see Caldwell making that leap back into the running uh, for wide receiver one or two on the all-3C media team. So I can see that happening uh, very much so. Now, looking at the tight end position, through the first half, it was a, a fantastic story. Indiana School for the Deaf had a fantastic run going through the first part of the year, and part of that great run was tight end Dylan Puent. Uh, he had 20 catches for 502 yards, which led tight ends and six touchdowns. The problem is, uh, well, Max Preps doesn't have his update on those stats, so um, whoever's logging those stats into Max Preps has not updated him since the halfway point. Um, so it's really tough to tell where he is. Now, There, it's, it's very possible that he is above that uh, mark, but when you don't have that to go on, it's very hard to get statistics, very hard to figure things out. Um, so uh, unfortunately, I can't give it to him through the regular season. Instead, we're going to go with the Kalb tight end, Derek Overbay. Uh, the senior this year has uh, is 74th in the state receiving with 512 yards. He has 12 yards per catch and 10 touchdowns. He has three three touchdown games, uh, three uh, games of 90-plus yards or more. He's made his career high in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. It was a toss-up between him and South Adams tight end Brady Beal, uh, but the numbers uh, – but the numbers for Overbay pop a little bit more despite being on a worse team record wise and on off and, and on an offense that is outside the top 50 in the state. So, uh, and oh, sorry, and Overbay is doing this on an offense that is outside the top 50 in the state. So he has been the most, one of the most productive members of an offense that isn't all that great. So, um, you, I, you know, I, I, it was, it was a close race here. Um, but I'm giving the slight edge to uh, Derek Overbay, and we'll see again what the state tournament will hold. Um, and finally, rounding out the offense, the offensive line through the first half of the year, um, it was uh, New Pal. Uh, their offensive line was first. Uh, the running game was top 15 in the state. Uh, their offense was clicking. Number They were the number one team in 4A. Um, they had one of the top teams in the state, which is all still true. I mean, they are still, you know, a great offense are still one of the best teams in the state, but I'm giving the regular season crown. I'm giving some love to Oak Hill. Uh, they're a top five team in three, a undefeated running back. Uh, Kyle Turninchik has rushed for 1700 yards, fifth in the state and 35 touchdowns, which leads the state 
and they're a top 10 offense in the state, averaging 46 points per game. So I, they have just been incredible all year. Um, a great team on the whole. Um, you know, the, the running back numbers always is something you want to take into consideration just because of the fact that, like, obviously the offensive line is a big part of that. And then when you have one of the great offenses overall in the state that also does uh, wonders for the perception and, and the offensive line, you know that offensive line has been doing well all year. So um, giving the shout-out to Oak Hill through the first half of the year. Now, before we transition over to the defensive side, I do want to give a little shout out, um, not just do the normal stuff, you know, reminding you to like us on Facebook, 3C Media, go follow us at 3C Media Sports, reminding you to subscribe on the YouTube channel uh, at 3C Media, or sorry, 3C Media on YouTube, go over to the TikTok page, uh, 3C Media. Uh, and remember, and reminding you to listen to the Crash Course Podcast weekly on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. But also, I want to uh, let you guys know and remind you that we will be live every Friday through the course of the postseason on TikTok. Uh, planning on going live uh, typically between... Uh, 8 39 o'clock this first week uh sectional opener probably a little bit later because i've got family in town uh but i do plan on being live uh so pay attention to the socials for that make sure you're locked in and if you do happen to miss any of those lives we will then post it to uh to youtube so make sure you guys are locked into that for our coverage through the duration of the postseason, and of course our sectional preview show, which will be coming out on Thursday. So just want to keep you guys aware of that. Now switching gears over to the defense, we'll give you a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, and a safety. Starting with the defensive line through the first half, it was Carroll defensive end Royce Jones. He had six sacks at that point, seventh in the state. Uh, the defense was and still one of the best in the state. Uh, for Carroll, um, but I'm going to go through the regular season. I'm going to go with Evansville Wright's defensive tackle, Levi Oxley. He's a junior. He leads all defensive linemen in sacks with 14. He's second in the state overall. He averages 1.6 sacks per game, 97 total yards lost um, that he's contributed to. Two games of three-plus sacks, five multi-sack games. Uh, 51 tackles, 16 tackles for loss on the year. I mean, he's part of a 9-0 rights team that is top 10 in 4A and a defense that is ranked 30th in the state in points allowed per game. Uh, it was really close between him and Fisher's defensive end, Brady Wolf, uh, who is a two-time 3C Media Player of the Week award winner. But, uh, you know, he's got tw 12 sacks of his own, but Oxley has just better numbers and the defense is better on the whole. So, I mean... You know, when you can be a standout contributor on a defense that is already one of the best defenses in the state of Indiana, that goes a long way. So uh, tip of the cap to Levi Oxley, who is also your uh, your week nine 3C media player of the week for his performance against modern day. Another fantastic three sack effort in that one. As far as linebackers are concerned, through the first half, it was Calumet linebacker David Flores. He had 61 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks through five games, ninth in the state in tackles, and, and he was tied for the state lead in tackles for loss. Um, but through the regular season, I am going to go with Lawrence Central linebacker Tyland Cunningham. Uh, the senior so far, uh, he's uh, he has been just outstanding. All 15 of the top 15 tacklers in the state have 110 tackles or more. 14 are linebackers. Uh, so 14 of the top 15 tacklers in the state are linebackers. Of course, Tylen, Tylen Cunningham included in that stat. Six have 75-plus solo tackles. Four have 11.5 or more tackles for loss, but only one of them has five sacks. And, and there's any guess... Uh, to uh, any guess of who that is, I can tell you right now, it's Tylen Cunningham. Um, so when you have all, you know, the most prolific tacklers in the state and you stand above them in, in any category, really, it's going to get you um, some pretty good, um, you know, pretty good notoriety. Um, you know, he has 15 tackles per game, two interceptions, three forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Oh, and by the way, of those four linebackers I mentioned with 75-plus solo tackles and 
tackles for loss. Only one is doing it at the state's highest level in Tylen Cunningham. So, you know, to be putting up those kind of numbers at 6A, at the highest level of high school football in the state of Indiana, that is super impressive. So I get the defensive number numbers for the team are overall great. They're four and five, but it's hard to argue against how good Tylen Cunningham has been for the Bears. He, you know, he has just been an absolute force on that defense. At the cornerback position, through the first half, it was uh, Greenfield Central's cornerback, uh, Kirk Nett. Uh, he had four interceptions, which was tied for second in the state, as well as a fumble recovery. Um, but for the regular season, I am going to give it to Hanover Central cornerback, Gannon Howells. Uh, the senior this season is, uh, you know, not only is he a Swiss Army knife, for his offense, uh, for the, uh, you know, for the Hanover Central Wildcats, he's also a big factor on defense. Um, over over the course of the year, Hanover Central allows four points per game, which leads the state. So he's already a member of a defense that has just been absolutely insane all year uh, at the uh, at the at the they're a three A school, uh, but he is they've been not only great at that level but also just overall. He's got 35 tackles, two and a half for loss. He's got six interceptions, one off the state lead. But what really pops out to me is his 173 uh, interception yards, which which leads the state far and away. There's no other person that's even close. I think there's like one other person at 145, which is sort of close. But I mean, he is he has the state lead in interceptions. So. I wish there was a – I mean, there is a statistic I'm sure that exists, but not one that we're privy to um, at the high school level. But I wish we knew the numbers with how many times Howes has intercepted a pass and it is directly, like, led to him scoring a touchdown on offense. Like, how many of those touchdowns, how many of those wins have been like, oh, hey, Gannon Howes makes this interception, takes it, you know, 30 yards to put it, you know, in – excellent field position and then he's the one that makes the touchdown reception or the touchdown run uh you know to uh cap off you know that swing of momentum that would just be incredible to know because he has just been an absolute beast this year for the wildcats i mean they're the best defensive team in the state in terms of points allowed per game top 10 team in 3a and i would and like i said i would just love to see uh if we had advanced metric stats for high school football i would love to see those numbers um, for Gannon Howe, because it would be incredible. Um, as far as the safety position, now the secondary in general was tough just because, you know, you're trying to go off of stats, you're trying to go off of numbers, and just what max preps, I do, and I don't like doing this. I don't like, you know, kind of putting the blame on max preps every time we have a show like this to be like, oh, well, you know, max preps doesn't give us all the information we would like to have. But, um, you know, you have interceptions, you have um, tackles and sacks that they list, but you're not really, you know, that doesn't always paint the entire picture. Uh, through the first half, the way, uh, you know, I decided to go was Elkhart safety, Braden Cook. Uh, he's a standout uh, on a defense. He was a standout on a defense uh, that was the best in 6A through five games and was top 10 in the state. And so that's what I kind of gauged it off of. But for the regular season, um, uh, there was another there was another player who really stood out, stood out, and that was Sullivan safety Seth Pertle. Um, he's a junior. He's uh, you know it's been an up and down season for the Sullivan Golden Arrows, but Pertle has really commanded that secondary. Thirty tackles, a tackle for loss, seven interceptions, which is tied for the state lead, and ninety-seven uh, interception yards. Uh, and three fumble recoveries. So, you know, he's good for a turnover a game. He's been a catalyst for that uh, Sullivan defense. And yeah, sure, they don't necessarily have the numbers to back up being, you know, one of the great defenses in the state, but he has just been an absolute force, ab the absolute fire and brimstone behind that defensive unit. I mean, when you can create a turnover a game, I mean, that's pretty incredible on top of, you know, 30 tackles. So, you know, good for, you know, three tackles, which obviously you don't want. You don't want your – you would like to have a safety who's good for, you know, three to five tackles as well as, an a, you know, a, a turnover a game. That's what you want out of your secondary because if your secondary is making a lot of tackles, your defense isn't very good. 
Um, so uh, he's just put up insane numbers. You know, the the tide for the state lead in interceptions, he's just been an absolute force this year for uh for the Sullivan Golden Arrows. So that is your defense. Moving on to the uh all three C media uh special teams unit. Now I I have thought about this about doing a kicker um next year, but I think what I might do when you know when we do the 2023 team is I might consider doing like a fantasy football style. So doing like one quarterback, two two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, a flex. And then, and so instead of doing an offensive line, we still may do an offensive line. We want to share them, give them some love, but then doing a defense as a whole um, and then doing a kicker. I've, I've kind of, uh, you know, toyed around with that idea. I didn't want to change it up this year though. Cause I wanted to keep things, keep things rolling. Uh, but as far as the kicker goes through the first half, it was Northwood kicker uh, Dom- Dominic DeFreitas, uh, who was uh, 29 for 29 on kicks, 24 PATs, five field goals long of 48. Um, and through the regular season, I'm going with Mooresville kicker Kenny Curry. Excuse me, Kenny Curry. Um, and I mean, th- th- this is a the part of the this is the part of the video that's just pure you know, stats. It's, it's, it's real. It's really nothing else. Um, I mean, I mean, not nothing else, but you know what I mean? Um, Kenny Curry uh, has 64 points on kicks, which leads to state. He's 11 for 11 on field goals. He's the only kicker in the state with 10 plus field goals made along a 43. He's also 31 for 31 on point after touchdowns. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out, not to steal any of the thunder, uh, from Kenny Curry, but a quick shout out to Levi Dewey from Triton Central, who's got the state long with 57, which is absolutely insane. Because you think, I mean, look, in the NFL nowadays, you see people hitting 57, 58, 60 yarders, I feel like, left and right sometimes. Like, that's not that's not egregious to see a kicker going for a 63-yard field goal. That's not, a, you know, as, you know, unheard of anymore. But the fact that you have a kid at the high school level who has a long of 57 is absolutely insane. So that that's pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, Kenny Curry uh, though is your kicker through the uh, through the regular season. And then as far as our return man uh, through the first half, it was South Putnam wide receiver Wyatt Switzer. Uh, he was top 40 in the state in terms of yard return yards, 212 total punt return. He had a punt return touchdown. He and Peyton Crickmore at the time were a dynamic duo uh, for that South Putnam team. I mean, that South Putnam team was, you know, and still is incredible. Uh, and a big reason was that return game. But what stood out for me as we got down to the end of the regular season was Shenandoah wide receiver Mason Lewis. He's a senior. He's one of five returners in the state with 500 return yards. All have come on kickoffs. Uh, he's fourth in return yards in the state with uh, 546. He has 546 yards, 27 yards per return, which is pretty incredible. I mean, you think about if you catch a you know a, a kickoff at the five yard line, you're you're at the 35. So I mean, you know, as as far as his return game goes, um, he's got a pair of kickoff returns for touchdowns. Um, so he has been just incredible for Shenandoah. Um, and you know, got to give a shout out to you know a guy that goes to you know high school relatively close to where I am. So got to get got to get a local kid in there at least for me. Uh, but yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. His numbers are super great. You know, because I was looking, you know, Eugene Eugene Hilton is up there. Um, as far as kickoff returns, I mean, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, Eli, um, I can't, what's his, um, Eli, uh, out of, uh, I can't think of his full name and I'm, and I'm, I apologize, but the, the kid out of Tipton, he, um, he also was really good, uh, as far as the return game goes, but, uh, Mason Lewis, you know, just far and away, great yardage and has those, uh, you know, touchdowns that really put him over the top. So looking back at the team, just a quick recap. Uh, quarterback Jackson Willis, running back Luke Hansen, uh, Brad Schultz, and Cooper Horn at wide receiver. Uh, D- uh, Derek Overbay at uh, tight end. Our um, offensive line is from Oak Hill. Um, and then as far as the defense goes, you've got 
Um, Evansville rights defensive tackle Levi Oxley. You've got Tylen Cunningham. You've got uh, Gannon Hose, uh, Howells, excuse me, and you've got um, you've got um, at safety, you've got um, Seth Pertle, and then in the kicking game, you've got Kenny Curry and Mason Lewis. So that is the offensive unit, uh, or the uh, that is the all three C media team through the regular season. Like I said. We will be doing this at the end of the postseason as well, so be on the lookout for that as well as our all as well as our uh, coverage of all the postseason uh, action going forward. We'll be live on TikTok on Fridays with the you know if you miss it, we'll be that'll go onto YouTube over the course of the weekend uh, Saturday most likely. Um, you know we'll have that kind of coverage. We'll be locked in, um, so make sure you're keeping on a lookout for that. Now, before we move on to our sectional preview, let's go ahead and get our friends of the show. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps on your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. There's 48 sectional brackets, and guess what? We're going to break down every single one of them. Today is our 48 sectional previews in 48 minutes. Uh, Now we're going to preview uh, 48 sectionals in 48 minutes, so go ahead Put that stopwatch, uh, you know, in the ready position as we're going to go ahead and break it down starting in 1A. So let's go ahead and not waste any more time. It's time to talk some sectional football. It's going to be a heck of a tournament. So let's go ahead and dive right in 48 sectional previews in 48 minutes. So we're going to start in 1A, sectional 48. Um, I think that goes to Tecumseh. Uh, in 1A, they're, they're a top 10 offense with 41 points per game, a top 10 defense allowing 16 points per game. They're a top 10 margin of victory with 20, you know, beating teams by 24 points this season and in a top 10 overall team in the class. So Tecumseh's going to get it done. Sectional 47, a lot of moving parts here. Uh, number one, Lutheran versus number seven, South Putnam on Friday. Lutheran, the defending 1A state champs, are the best offense, averaging 50 points per game. That's second in the state. South Putnam is second uh, in the class with 47 points per game. The Eagles are sixth in the state in that category. Lutheran's defensive margin is third in 1A, 37 points. South Putnam's is seventh at 28 points. Riverton Park is seven and two with Darren Hazard. Uh, who's ninth and 1A in total yards, 1,655 yards, 22 touchdowns coming at Christian, who's always a tough out at 6-3. and three. That's going to be a very tightly contested sectional. Um, and, but you know what? When you break it down, Jackson Willis has been good at quarterback this season. Lutheran's a runaway favorite to make it to Lucas Oil when you look at the breakdown on John Harrell's website. So go ahead, give me the Lutheran Saints to win sectional 47. Sectional 46, another sectional where we get an insane matchup right out of the gate. Uh, you have 9-0, number 4, North Decatur, versus 8-1, number 8, Try. North Decatur is 4th in 1A in points per game, averaging 46 points in each contest. Try is 5th, just fractionally worse, but still with 46 points per game. Uh, they're the top two teams defensively in terms of points allowed per game. North Decatur is number one, allowing five points. Try is number two, allowing eight points. Both have dynamic rushers. Uh, North Decatur has Reed Messer, uh, who's uh, over 1,100 yards for the season. Try has Parker Burke, who is over, who's nearing 1,500 yards uh, at 1,468. I'm going to go with North Decatur here. Uh, the D is just a smidge better. Oh, and uh, uh, Carson, uh, the quarterback, Carson Palmer, uh, not Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer is eighth and 1A in passing yards, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions. So I give North Decatur the slight advantage in this game. Sectional 45, give me Sheridan. I really want to go with the story, which is Jaden DeFalco and Indiana School for the Death. Death? Excuse me. That squad has been very solid this year. Uh, but the defense for the Blackhawks is just too good. 
Uh, they're seventh in 1A, 24th in the state, four shutouts on the season. In sectional 44, the big matchup to watch will likely be South Adams versus Adams Central if both make it through Friday. Uh, South Adams was my preseason pick to win the 1A title, but Adams Central has just been dominant. Uh, defense is fifth in 1A, uh, allowing 11 points up per game. The, they have a top 20 defense in the state. Their offense is averaging 47 points per game so that team is just absolutely on a roll right now so give me number two adams central in sectional 43 carol flora that's the team i'm going with they're a top five team in 1a they're ninth offensively averaging 41 points per game they're fourth defensively allowing just 10 points of game 10 points per game and they've got the sixth best margin of victory in the class carol carol flora will move on in sectional 42, you have Traders Point and Park Tudor. Those are the favorites to meet in the sectional title game. I have ties to both schools. I broadcasted Traders Point for a couple of years. I broadcasted Park Tudor for a year. Both schools are near and dear to my heart. In the regular season, uh, Park Tudor got the advantage 47 to 42 over the Knights of Traders Point. Uh, but Cooper Simmons Little is a top two quarterback in the state in terms of passing yards. So I'm going to go with Traders Point here. Bo uh, that's a school that has been to the sectional title game more often than not the last few years. And I think they finally get it done. Give me the Knights of Traders Point. And then finally in sectional 41, I've got North Judson. They're in the number three team in 1A. They've got a top five defense allowing 10 points per game. Uh, they also are 10th in points per game and margin of victory. They're top 10 uh, in points per game and margin of victory. They're a top 10 team in the state when it comes to uh, – you know, having a great deficit by the end of the game, having that big margin of victory. So give me North Judson. So in 1A, the teams I have moving on are Tecumseh. I've got Lutheran. I've got North Decatur, Sheridan, Adams Central, Carroll, Flora, Traders Point, and North Judson. Those are the schools I believe will be moving on to the uh, regional round. In 2A, uh, sectional 40, Give me Evansville Modern Day. It's really hard to argue against the 2A runner-ups from 2021. Mason Wonderlick has had a really good season again, 7th in 2A in passing. Uh, the defense allows 12.5 points per game. Uh, that's good enough for 32nd in the state, 4th in 2A. Uh, they are 6-3, and three, uh, so that's a little bit of an alarm bell that you might raise up, but uh, they're six and uh, but their losses are to three A Vincent's Lincoln by three and losses to Evansville Memorial and Wrights both four A schools so they played above their class they've got bit a little bit but they've played tough in those games give me modern day in sectional thirty nine uh, it's it looks like Triton Central and Cecina are on a collision course that'll be a heck of a sectional title game if it happens Triton is eighth in points per game in two A Cecina is third in defensive average so you've got the classic. You know, unstoppable force and movable object analogy there. The Tigers did lose to Cecina on the road uh, in September by just one point. Quarterback Jay Stuckey for Triton is second in 2A in passing. Uh, in that game against Cecina earlier in September, he went 11 for 15 for 159 yards. Uh, give me the Tigers of Triton Central in a revenge game. Usually when teams are this evenly matched, I'm usually inclined to go to the go with the team that lost the regular season matchup. Uh, plus, I like the Tigers quarterback situation just a little bit better. Uh, so give me Triton Central. Sectional 38 is confusing. You've got Heritage Christian, who's the favorite. They're a top 10 team in the class at 5-3. and three. Uh, Northeastern is the best record-wise at 8-1 and one with a top 15 offense in the state and a defense that is top 50, not to mention quarterback Carson Terrell is top three in the class in passing. Uh, LaPel has a top five rusher in Tyler Dollar. Uh, so you could go any different number of ways here, uh, but go ahead and give me the Northeastern Knights. I think they're the team that moves on. It's not just because of the record. They just have, I think, the most complete team of anybody in sectional 38. So that's who I think we'll move on sectional 37 easy give me linton here uh there's some cases to be made for southmont cascade wouldn't be surprised if north putnam made a run just because of the talent they have on that roster statistically but the miners are nine and oh uh number one in 2a they've got the top offense in 2a the third in the state they're seventh in defense in the class top 50 in indiana linton is just too good give me the miners 
In sectional 38, this one's a toss-up. The favorite is Eastbrook, although they beat uh they although they got beat pretty convincingly convincingly by Alexandria, who they'll likely have to go through to make the championship game. Uh, but I'm actually going away from those two teams. I'm going off the reservation a bit. Give me Eastern Greentown. Uh top they've got a top 10 offense in 2A, scoring 37 points per game. Sectional 35, I have East Side here. In 2A, they're 7th offensively, 6th defensively. In Indiana, they're top 50 offensively, 40th defensively. Only threat in this sectional is Churubusco, who they housed earlier this year, so I'm going with Eastside. The Blazers, I believe, is that team over there. Sectional 34, another tough one. Lewis Cass has a top 10 defense in 2A. They'll play Lafayette Central Catholic in the semifinal, most likely, who's the best offensive team in the bracket. Rochester and Seeger uh, will play round one. They're very close statistically, and as much pain as LCC has caused me, both as a fan and as a broadcaster, I'm going to have to go with the Knights of Lafayette Central Catholic. I think they're the most complete team in that bracket, and I think they get it done. Sectional 33, uh, number two in 2A, Andrean will face number three in undefeated LaVille in the semifinals, and ultimately the winner of that game will win the sectional championship. You know, I really don't want to move off of Drake Bowen and that outstanding roster of Andrean, um, but LaVille is a top five offense in the class and is the best defense in 2A. Andrean is a top 10 defense as well, uh, so when both teams have great defenses, I go with the better offense, and that's LaVille. So that's who I'm picking. Give me LaVille. I don't want to have to move off of my state championship pick, but I'm going to have to uh, give me LaVille. And then sectional 32. Oh, sorry. That was the, that was 2A. So we're, we're completed with 2A. So just a quick recap of our 2A teams. I think we'll make it through. Uh, give me Evansville modern day. Give me Triton central, uh, the Northeastern Knights, Eastern Greentown, East side, um, LCC and LaVille. Moving on to 3A sectional 32. I've got Southridge. They're eight and one. They're a ranked team in 3A. Top five in the class defensively, top 10 in the state. Charlestown, who's in their bracket, does have a top 10 offense in 3A, uh, and their defense is solid as well, but I have the Raiders. Just a strong hunch here. Sectional 31 may be the easiest bracket to go with. Why? It's 100% Lawrenceburg. Can't win if you can't score. Pretty simple. (laughs) As simple as you can make it. And the Tigers have gone 24 consecutive quarters, six games, without allowing a single point. So give me Lawrenceburg there. Sectional 30, really surprised with Gibson Southern's title defense. Uh, Going into the year, I thought losing Brady Allen was just going to be too much for that team. Uh, And I I thought they would take a step back. Uh, But here they are, 9-0, number two in the class, and favorites to win the sectional. They'll likely face Owen Valley in the semis. The Patriots are number seven, the best offense in the state. Uh, and a and a top ten teams and a top ten team in terms of margin of victory. Quarterback Brody Lester is eighth in the class in passing. Running back Christian McDonald is fifteenth in rushing. Gibson is a top fifty team offensively and defensively, but I'm going to go with Owen Valley here. I, I Gibson Southern, you've had a fantastic title defense, but give me the Patriots to win sectional thirty. Sectional twenty nine. This sectional is going to be an absolute bloodbath. Why? Because you've got Weibo, who's a top 10 offense and defense uh, in the class. Uh, Running back Trevor Weekly is over 1,200 yards and fourth in rushing in 3A. Y'all know how much I like what Ty Owens has done at Tri-West. He's a top 10 passer in 3A. Uh, Speedway could also be a sleeper team. Quarterback Carter Watson is 13th in passing. Uh, Weibo and Tri-West are likely to play in the semifinal, and it's a rematch of a game that Tri-West won 41-34 at home. Uh, That was Weibo's only loss on the season. It was also a game that catapulted Ty Owens into Player of the Week nominations for 3C Media. I think that was week four. Um, You know, this will contradict what I said earlier going with the team that lost the regular season matchup, but the 41 the points the Bruins put on Weibo is the most points the vaunted Stars defense allowed all season uh, and pretty much doubled that. The Stars on the season have given up 22 points a game. Tri-West put up 41. Give me Ty Owens and Tri-West. In sectional 28, remember how good I said Lawrenceburg's defense was statistically this year? Well, Oak Hills is better statistically. Uh, they're fourth in the class, second in the state defensively. 
Offensively, they average 46 points per game, good enough for third in the class and 10th in the state. They're winning games by an average of 41 points. The problem, they're in the same sectional as Chittard, who's number five and played above their class all season, facing the likes of Brebuff, Roncalli, and Cathedral, some of the best teams the state of Indiana has to offer. However, I am going with Oak Hill for the reasons I mentioned earlier, and the fact that Shatard is 5-4 and four with that tough schedule, one of their narrow narrow wins coming uh, by one against Garen Catholic, the only other 3A school on their schedule. So in other words, for all their games against the state's best teams, it's not like they ran away against the only in-class opponent they played. So it's not as if you know they played above their class all year and then absolutely shellacked the only 3A team they played. They still narrowly escaped there. So I think uh, that's what gives me hope because, I mean, on paper, Oak Hill is the team here, but I know a lot of folks will pick Chittard, but the fact that that game against Garen was so close, I think that that gives me hope for Oak Hill. Sectional 27, it's Norwell. They're sixth in the class offensively, third defensively. They're a top 20 team in the state offensively, fourth defensively, and a top five team in the uh, class in both polls. So give me Norwell in sectional 27. Sectional 26, I have a feeling about Jimtown. They're 7-2, a top 10 defense in the class. Knox is 6-3, listed as the favorite with the 8th ranked offense in the class. But I'm going to go with the better defense here uh, and an offense that can hang with Knox. Go Jimmies. Sectional 25, the final sectional of 3A. Uh, West Lafayette is the number one team in 3A. They're 9-0, my preseason title pick. Uh, my liking of Calumet's we weapons are well-documented. Hanover Central's numbers are absolutely insane. The second-best offense in 3A, fourth in the state, 49 points per game. The best defense in the state, allowing four points per game. Uh, best margin of victory in the state, 45 points per game. But, you know, I've already abandoned my 1A state championship pick, my 2A state championship pick, and I'm but so I'm not ready to move off of my preseason 3A. So I've already moved off the South Adams Stars. I've already – or Star, uh, Starfire Stars – I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, my I moved off my 2A pick, the Fighting 59ers of Andrean. I can't quit the Red Devils of West Lafayette. Max Molis is a top 10 quarterback in the class. West Lafayette's defense has stepped up over the final four weeks of the season, allowing four and a half points per game, including a shutout. They've got a better quarterback with a comparable offense and defense. Give me the West Lafayette Red Devils. So, again, to recap, I've got Southridge, Lawrenceburg, Owen Valley, um, Tri-West, Oak Hill, Norwell, Jimtown, and West Lafayette moving on in 3A. Moving on to 4A in the final class that will get started this weekend. Uh, sectional 24, give me Evansville rights. Uh, they're 9-0, top five team in the class, ninth in the class in offensive average, running back Jonas Burnett is 10th in 4A and rushing over 1,200 yards. They're a top 30 team in the state in terms of points allowed. Eighth in the class, defensive tackle Levi Oxley, your uh, week nine defensive player of the week, is an absolute beast, an absolute stud. Give me Evansville rights. Sectional 23, that's going to be East Central. Their fourth team in 4A, 7-2 on the season. Their only losses were to a school in Ohio and a close one to Ron Colley in the final week of the season. Uh, they've blown everybody else out on their schedule. I mean, for one, I give you a pass. If you play in Ohio school, I know things are a lot different in Ohio. Um, and so I, I give you a pass there. And then, of course, the close uh, loss to Ron Colley is pretty impressive as well. Uh, their offense is sixth in the class. Running back Josh Ringer is a stud. Uh, he's over 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns, also a 3C Media Player of the Week. Uh, the Trojans allow 11 points per game, which is sixth in the class as well. Um, you know, Martinsville is another team that I, if they were in any other bracket, I would consider picking them. Uh, Tyler Atkins, the quarterback, is pretty solid, but give me the Trojans of East Central. Sectional 22, give me New Pal. They're 9-0 on the season, number one team in 4A, number one offense in 4A, number two defense in 4A. Also, uh, they're 4-0 within the sectional, and the games haven't been close. They have been blowing everyone out uh, in their sectional uh, all season, so I don't think that changes. Shout out to Dragons quarterback Daniel Tippett, who follows the channel. You're awesome. Uh, he's fourth in passing in the class. Sectional 21, Ron Colley 
is the team I've got moving on. Uh, they're the number two team in 4A, 8-1 and one on the season. Luke Hansen narrowly missed out on the rushing title for the state, but he did get it uh, for 4A. He's over 2,200 yards with 25 touchdowns. They also boast a top 10 defense in the class. Uh, number eight, Mooresville is here too. Uh, they're my, they're another team that was my preseason pick. Nick Patterson is fifth in four a and passing with over 1750 yards and 21 touchdowns. He's also a huge weapon with his legs as well. So that could make things tough on Ron Colley. It's close. Like I said, Mooresville was my preseason pick, but I'm going with the Royals of Ron Colley. Ron Colley has really impressed me with the, with what they've been able to do this season. And I think that they move on. Sectional 20. I've got number seven Kokomo. They're far and away the best team in the sectional a top 25 team in the state offensively, top 20 in the state defensively. Um, they're also um, second offensively in the class, fourth defensively in the class. I mean, this team is just far and away the best team in that sectional. Give me Kokomo. Sectional 19, number nine, Columbia City. That's where I'm going. Light New Pal, a lot of their wins uh, within the sectional uh, were pretty well handled. They do have a lot of wins excuse me, against teams uh, that are within their kind of talent range there, um, and they've been able to handle those opponents relatively easily. They're 8-1 and one on the season, a big win over Norwell last Friday. They've also got a top 10 uh, team offensively in the class, top 5 defensively is where they're at. Their defense is top 25 in Indiana. Give me Columbia City. Moving on to sectional 18. I'm going with Northwood here. They're 9-0. and oh. Number three in 4A. Uh, they're fourth with an, in 4A with an offense uh, that's been averaging 39 points per game. They allow just eight points per game on defense. That's first in the class. They're a top 10 team in uh, defensively in Indiana, and they've got a 31-point margin of victory, which is 16th in the state. They've just been so impressive all year. And finally, to round out 4A, sectional. Uh, 17. This one is the most up in the air for me. You've got New Prairie, who's number six in the class, 8-1, boasting the third best defense. Uh, you've got Gary West, who's 7-2, and two, averaging 40 points per game, which is third and 4A. I really like what Hobart running back Trey Gibson uh, has done with over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, 12th in the class, another 3C media player of the week. I feel like I've gone chalk pretty much everywhere else, so give me the brickies. Hobart wins sectional 17. So to recap, going back here, in 4A, the teams I have moving on, Evansville Wrights, East Central, New Pal, Roncalli, Kokomo, Columbia City, Northwood, and Hobart. In 5A, um, sectional 16. These teams will get going uh, here in a couple of weeks, so on the 28th of October. In sectional 16, three of the four teams are around 500. Uh, Castle and Evansville North are the two best teams in sectional 16. They did meet on opening night, Castle won 28 to 21. So I'll fade that result. I'll take the Huskies of Evansville North. In sectional 15, give me Bloomington South. They're seven and one, number three in the class. They're the number one offense in the class, second defensively, a top 35 teams in those categories in Indiana. Bloomington South has just had an incredible year, uh, and that's who I've got moving on. Sectional 14, I've got Whiteland. Uh, this is a, a sectional where I picked Whiteland out of the gate, and then the more I dug, the more I wasn't so sure. I am going to stick with Whiteland. They're the number two team in the class. They're 8-1 and one on the season. Uh, they allow 34 points per game. Uh, or sorry, they score 34 points per game, which is 5th and 5A. They allow 16 points per game, which is 8th in the class. Uh, but what makes me a little nervous is Terre Haute South does have Brady Wilson and Bryson Carpenter, both 1,100-plus yard rushers. Uh, so, I mean, that could be really tough. It's it's one of those things where what, what type of rushing attack do they have? Is it a rushing attack that is pretty simple to read? So, like, you know, because a lot of – so, I mean, obviously they've got the numbers because a lot of times when you see teams that are really good at rushing the football – they can sometimes become very predictable. And if you're a team that can shut that down really well, then it just kind of, it's kind of a helpless situation for the team that, that just runs the football. So th the effectiveness of what they'll be able to do um, is, you know, is kind of what makes me wonder one way or the other, but I, I do think Whiteland who's got a defense capable enough to shut those guys down. I think, I think that's why I'm going with Whiteland there. 
Sectional 13, uh, I'm going with the number five Harrison Raiders there. The best team in the sectional, hands down, not to mention they're a top five team in the class on both sides of the ball. Top 30 in the state defensively. Give me Harrison. In sectional 12, this is a toss-up. You've got Fort Wayne Snyder, who is number one in 5A. They're 8-1 and one on the season. They average 39, 39 points per game, which is second in 5A. They average nine points allowed per game, first in the class. They're 12th in Indiana defensively. They've got a top 40 offense. But then you look at Fort Wayne North, who lost by two to Snyder opening night and hung with a good Carroll 6A team. Um they, uh, you know, they have a great quarterback in five A. One of the, you know, the top quarterback in five A, uh, in terms of passing yards in Bodie Dickerson, eighteen hundred and forty eight yards, twenty five touchdowns, and a top rusher in Jonte Lambert, eighteen hundred yards, thirteen touchdown, uh, thirteen touchdowns. You know, I really wanted to pick Snyder here, but give me Fort Wayne North. I'm going with the Legends here. I mean, also when your when your team moniker is the Legends, I mean, how can you not go with that? So. I'm going Fort Wayne North here. In sectional 11, I'm going Mishawaka. They're 8-1, 5th and 5A on offense, averaging 34 points per game. They allow 14 points per game on defense, 4th and 5A. Oh, and they're the only sectional 11 team above 500. There's, there's, well, as we get to the, the waning parts of the state, there's a lot of sectionals where there's only one team that's above 500, so it's kind of hard not to go with them. In sectional 10, uh, I'm going with number nine Valpo again, uh, only team in sectional 500 uh, or sorry, only team in the sectional above 500, uh, not to mention Valpo uh, has the ninth best defense in 5A. So give me Valpo. And then finally, in sectional nine, uh, the Merrillville Pirates were my 5A preseason pick to win it all. So I'm going with them. They're seven and two, number six and five A. Quarterback Jalen Thomas is thrown for over sixteen hundred yards with eleven touchdowns. He's fourth in passing yards in the class. They also have Justin Marshall at running back, who's third in five A and rushing over a thousand yards and fifteen touchdowns. Hammond Set Hammond Central is also seven and two, but I'm staying with my preseason pick. Give me Merrillville. So to recap, five A here. I've got Evansville North, Bloomington South, Whiteland, Harrison. Fort Wayne North, Mishawaka, Valparaiso, and Merrillville. Now for the class everybody's excited for, everybody wants to hear from sectional, uh, sorry, now to the class that everybody's excited to hear from uh, sectional. I keep saying that. We're going to tee this up again. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do up-downs <laughs> until Craig is no longer tired and thirsty. Um, anyway, um, now for the class that everyone wants to hear about class six, a starting in sectional eight, I'm going with center Grove here. They're back-to-back defending six, a champions, uh, number four at the state's highest level, seven and two on the season. Tyler cherry is seventh in six, a and passing, uh, over 1,650 yards, 17 touchdowns. Micah Coyle has been a huge weapon for the Trojans this season, 1,150 yards, 11 touchdowns. Saying all that also, uh, saying all of this also to say that they're the only team in sectional eight with a winning record. So when you're the two-time defending champions and you're the only team in the sectional above 500, give me the Trojans all day. In sectional seven, we've talked about a few sectionals already with a lot of the teams uh, under 500. Sectional seven is completely in the red, all under 500. Warren Central has played seven games against 6A opponents, the only team in the sectional who's played more than two games against 6A opponents. So uh, they're three and four in those seven games. Uh, so I'll go with the Warriors of Warren Central. In sectional six, uh, you know, Cathedral is really good. Cathedral was uh, my preseason pick to win 6A. They're seven and one on the season, number two in 6A, coming off of, inc- of, a, of an incredible win over Center Grove on the final Friday of the regular season. Danny O'Neill has killed it this season. He's fifth. He's the fifth best in passing in 6A, 1,900 yards, 25 touchdowns, just three interceptions. He leads the third best offense in the state. Um, he's got, or, sorry, he leads the third best offense at the state's highest level. Uh, they're also, uh, the Cathedral is also the sixth best defense in 6A. And again, only school in the sectional with a winning record. So, uh, you know, all these teams are going to have 
um, relatively easy paths, you would think at least. Um, you know, there could be some upsets. I know I haven't really been picking a ton of upsets, and it's definitely possible this is what the tournament's all about. But Cathedral certainly looks to have an easy path to the regional. Sectional five is extremely tough because you've got number three, Brownsburg, who plays number eight, Ben Davis, in the first game. Brownsburg won the regular season meeting at Ben Davis on opening night. They're, they are two great offenses. Brownsburg is fourth in 6A, 30th in the state, averaging 40 points per game. Ben Davis is 10th in the class, averaging 33 points per game. The big question is the status of quarterback Jaden Whitaker, who got hurt in Brownsburg's loss to Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, he was fourth in passing with 1,984 yards and 15 touchdowns. Whitaker is the impact player here uh, in, in that matchup. And if he goes, I think Brownsburg wins. And as of right now, I haven't really seen any indications that he will not play. Um, so because of that, I'm going to go with Brownsburg. Give me the Bulldogs. Sectional four uh, is another sectional where the title will likely be won in the opening round. You've got number seven, Carmel, who's six and three, taking on number nine, Westfield, who's also six and three. The Greyhounds have the best defense in 6A. Uh, both, uh, or sorry, the Greyhounds have the eighth best defense in 6A. Uh, both offenses average around 28 points per game. So since the offenses are so similar, I'll take the better defense. So give me Carmel. Sectional three, this sectional has the number one team in the state, the undefeated Hamilton Southeastern Royals. Uh, they and 6A number 11 Fishers are on a collision course for the sectional title game. Those two played earlier this season, HSE playing in an, an incredible. Uh, they, of course, won that game. It was an incredible 28-27 to 27 overtime thriller uh, that the Royals won. Hamilton Southeastern has the ninth best offense in 6A. Running back Jalen Alexander has 851 yards and eight touchdowns on the season. The Royals are the seventh best defensively, allowing 17 points per game. As much as I think Fishers could win it, Fishers absolutely could win this sectional. I would not be surprised. It was so close. Now knowing how good Hamilton Southeastern is, it should really scare you if you're playing Fishers. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it'll scare Hamilton Southeastern because those are the two teams that, that are likely going to play for the sectional title game. But Fishers is, what you know, right there with Hamilton Southeastern. They're a sneaky team should they get past the Royals. But as much as I think that could happen, I don't think it will. Uh, Hamilton Southeastern has everything going their way this season. Give me the Royals. Sectional two is going to be absolutely nuts. You've got five, number five, Carroll. Uh, who's 9-0, boasting the second-ranked offense and top-rated defense at the state's highest level. Quarterback Jimmy Sullivan is a top-10 uh, 6A QB with 1,600 yards and 23 touchdowns. You've got 7-2 Penn, who is number 10 with the third-best defense in the class. You've got number 13 Warsaw at 7-2 with the eighth-best defense and fifth – sorry, the you've got number 13 Warsaw, who's 7-2 with the sixth-best offense and fifth best defense in 6A. Elkhart is also 7 and 2 with the second best defense in 6A. So yes, you heard it. All sectional uh two teams, all four sectional two teams are in the top 5 in the class defensively. That's absolutely insane. Plus um you've got two in the top 10 in 6A offensively. So I'll take the best defense here. Give me Carroll to win sectional 2. And finally, to round out this sectional preview show. Um, sectional one. I'm going with Crown Point here. They're 9-0, number six in 6A. They're on a roll this season. Uh, 40 points per game, fifth in the class, 31st in the state, 14 points allowed per game, which is four, uh, fourth in 6A, 40th in the state. There's a lot. There is a case to be made for Lafayette Jeff. But like Hamilton Southeastern, Crown Point has been getting all the bounces this season, so give me the Bulldogs. So finally for 6A here, my winners are Center Grove, Warren Central, Cathedral, Brownsburg, Carmel, Hamilton Southeastern, Carroll, and Crown Point. Those are the teams I believe will move on. And that does it. We were, we were well under... 48 minutes the timer i'm looking at right now is at 34 minutes so we beat our let's let's just now riff for 14 minutes about everything no i'm just joking but thank you guys all for tuning in to the uh sectional preview show 
Um, I really uh, enjoyed doing this for you guys, breaking down all these teams, all these matchups. It's going to be a wild postseason. I hope you guys enjoy it. Remember, you can follow us at 3C Media Sports on Twitter. Go like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Um, go check out the TikTok and the YouTube channel uh, where um, we're going to be doing a whole lot of coverage on the uh, 2022 IHSAA football uh, state um, tournament. It's going to be nuts. We're going to be live on TikTok at 3C Media Sport, or sorry, at 3C Media uh, on Friday, recapping the first round of games. If you missed that, it'll go up on YouTube. Um, so a lot of coverage. You won't want to miss it. Uh, we'll go live probably about nine o'clock on Friday. Um, so mark your calendars there and then uh, go subscribe on YouTube. We're finally over 100 subscribers. So thank you guys all for your support there. And then remember, you can listen to the Crash Course podcast every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course podcast. So again, a lot of great coverage on the way for the IHSA State Tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, have a good one, everybody.